0: From the Fox News Radio studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade.
1: Hi, everyone. Brian Kilmeade here. Thanks so much for listening. one 866 408 Hope you had a great week. It's coming to a close now. We're up to Thursday. Uh, Julie Medeiros joining us shortly, but uh, we'll be taking your calls, 1-866-408-7669. Today, we understand Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee will have a hearing about the southwest border. Not bad. That means a a committee chaired by a Democrat thinks they have to have a meeting about the border. I hope they get some real answers, because I believe the Democrats are going to go up in flames, at least if they don't even look like they're trying to fix the border especially people uh, in uh, Arizona and aspiring lawmakers in Texas, in California. So let's get to the big three.
0: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three.
2: What do you think will happen on May 9th?
3: For us, this is not going to change anything for us. War is going on for eight years now. The May of 9th is going to be remembered in the world as a tragedy, as a bloody day, and certainly not the day to forget.
1: Stalled, but still destroying everything they see and can bomb. I'm talking about Russia and the Ukraine in the South and in the East. While an impressive 85% of the American people believe that that war abroad that we're talking about with Ukraine and Russia matters to us at home. Less than half of
4: us believe that President Biden is doing enough to help. Number two. Now, here's the point I want to make about this and how f-ed up Hollywood is. And, they, and you know, some people in that audience at the Academy Awards should still be very ashamed of themselves. Now, this guy jumped up on stage and attacked Dave Chappelle. As soon as that happened, did they let him go back to his seat and laugh and sit next to his wife and then give him <laughs> an award?
1: Howard Stern. Weighing in on that horrific incident that happened over the weekend at Hollywood Bowl, superstar nearly stabbed Dave Chappelle attacked in front of thousands in Hollywood. Who took uh, what took place? Who did it? And Chappelle's reaction. And what will it take to get some sanity back to the stage?
5: Number one,
1: what
6: are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this mega crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history.
1: I'm sorry, KKK, you've been trumped. Trump power on display, 22-0, and 0, week one in the primaries, and three Supreme Court nominees might just deliver the elimination of Roe v. Wade, a longtime uh, aspiration for conservatives. Now, as Biden decides to label the whole movement, the MAGA followers, all of you, millions of you, the most extreme political organization that existed in American history, you've just tarred millions, and he did it on purpose. What is his point? Because the economy is bad, because inflation's at a 40-year high, because the border has fallen apart, because Afghanistan's the worst military disaster in American history, he has to change the subject. And in the process, tar millions of you listening right now. Cut one. What happens if you have a state ch-
6: changes the law saying that that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way the de- decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history.
1: Okay. The LA Times, this guy uh, Eli Stokes writes this. The most important and deliberate Biden has ever been yet into trying to define the GOP as extreme ahead of the midterms. Uh, But he avoids saying Trump. Notice he always says my predecessor. No doubt about it. It's deliberate. Now I expect MSNBC and CNN to pick up the talking points. They've gotten facts to them. Or maybe text at this point. And now they know where to go. You expect to see about extreme. Republicans extreme. And then in a what they think is going to be a winning message, it's Trump's party, it's Trump's party, it's Trump's party. Remember, President Obama tried to do that with Rush Limbaugh. Came into office and he said, yeah, Rush Limbaugh really tells uh, Republicans what to think. I remember Eric Cantor and company go, where did that come from? I thought this was a meeting about finding things that we can work together on. Very first meeting, he starts saying that. Rush Limbaugh's party. Now, that's not an insult. Republicans, moderates, and conservatives... But oh, but like Rush Limbaugh, they listen to him all the time. And it's not an insult. He was uh, entertaining the best there ever was. But I thought, that sounds familiar. That's what Joe Biden's probably do. Comes out of the same meeting with roughly the same people and decides, let's make Donald Trump Rush Limbaugh. Cut for Lindsey Graham.
7: Here's the problem they have. They think America is stupid and we're not. People are not going to be goaded into believing hysterical things just to, you know, try to change an election. What they're saying makes no sense. It's not rational. Uh, these are the same people that want to expand the court to get their way because nine judges are not working out for them. These are the same people in charge of your border. Do you believe anything they should tell you? These are the same people who want to do away with the electoral college. same people who want to take over uh, the elections from the states and put it in Washington so they can rig it So at the end of the day there 's a theme here: These people are desperate. Right uh, to get back in power. There's nothing they won't say or do. And here's the good news. America's a lot smarter than
5: they think we are.
1: Right. Let's talk to and build on what Senator Lindsey Graham just said and what they're extrapolating, the president is, is uh, what came out on Monday. That is uh, Justice Alito around 845 Eastern time at night. Justice Alito's uh, draft of what would be the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And it's not because, for any other reason, except for we return the power to the states to make their own decision. We all make our own decisions about where to live, by location, of course, uh, where it is to do our work, of course. Other people say, well, the taxes are high. You know, Derek Jeter, for all his money, said, I, I play for the Yankees, but my residence, Florida, I don't want to give up all my money. You know, I love California, but I don't like paying all those taxes, so I'm going to leave California I'm going to go to Texas. Now, you want to say, well, I want my kids to grow up with the ability to get an abortion on demand as many weeks as possible, so I'm going to choose New York. I am going to choose Illinois. I'm going to choose New Jersey. That'll be one of the decisions you make. It's not to ban abortion. It, many people think that just ban it. We can't do that either. What you do is return the power to the states where it belongs. That's what Justice Alito says, and that's what uh, Kavanaugh, Amy Covey Bryant, uh, Clarence Thomas Um, Ah, uh, Clarence Thomas. Who am I forgetting? Uh, Gorsuch. Uh, they all believe that, and maybe Justice Rob, Chief Justice Roberts. They all believe that. So it looks like if that does come, that decision does come down in June. They want to make it steam, as this is just the beginning. The Republicans want to actually uh, stop interracial marriage. Have you seen a couple shot of Just Supreme Court Justice Thomas? I'm pretty sure his wife is white, so let's just find out how tumultuous things will be at home when she finds out her husband is trying to ban interracial marriage. That'll be hell to pay. There'll really be a lot of tension with that relationship, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Ted Cruz was with me last night. I filled in for Jesse on primetime. And and the other thing is, and the other sub-theme is, if you are interested in who leaked this ahead of time— I'm trying to obfuscate. I'm trying to get you off the game. I'm trying to muddle the message. No, it's the first time this has been done, oh, no, ever, where you have a draft being written, open conversations being had, and you break the sanctity of trust. Ted Cruz, Cut 16.
8: I think we have a very good chance of finding out who it is. If you look at the court, it's actually a very limited universe of people who it could be. The only people that have access to to the opinions are the nine justices and their law clerks. Each justice has four clerks, so that's 36 law clerks, and there are a handful of clerical uh, assistants and secretaries who might have it. I think the chances are zero that it is a justice. I cannot believe any justice would be part to such a grave betrayal of the institution. I think it is a law clerk, and I think it is very likely a law clerk for one of the three liberal justices. That means there are 12 likely suspects.
1: They'll probably never work in law, but they'll probably get an MSNBC deal, be a producer, a reporter, somewhere else, because Politico owes them something. Because it is a monster story. Uh, meanwhile, according to a Fox News poll, they were asked, should you ban abortion in your state after six weeks, after 15 weeks? Who's in favor? 50% say I'm in favor after 50. 50% say I'm favored after uh, after six weeks. And 15, uh, on 15 weeks, 54% are for banning it. Opposing, 46%, opposed to banning abortion after uh, after six weeks, 41%, uh are opposed to banning abortion after after fifteen weeks. So the other big question was Supreme Court's action on Roe v. Wade let it stand or overturn? Right now, sixty three percent of Americans say let it stand, twenty-seven percent said overturn. It was about the same in January. It was up to 65 in September 2021. In, September, in October of 2020, it was at 61. So July of 2018 at 63. So you're right. It looks like on uh, most polls, uh, most Americans say, leave Roe v. Wade in place. Justice Alito, Kavanaugh, however you're going to vote, it's a terrible precedent to let public pressure change your vote. So you either pass it, the country is going to have nonstop protests. If you don't pass it, It's going to look as though outrage can shake the jury, in this case, the Supreme Court. So they just put a fence up around the Supreme Court. That's how wary they are. If you let the crazies think that they can change the Supreme Court's decisions by being crazy, then they're going to be crazy nonstop. That, to me, is an issue. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the Dave Chappelle situation and build on that a little bit more with Julie Banderas. And uh, get your perspective. I think it's a much bigger deal. Anyone dismissing it saying, I don't go to comedy shows or I don't think he's funny, you're missing the point. I'll explain when we come back. Brian Kilmeade Show
0: politics current events and news that affects you brian's got a lot more to say stay with brian kilmeade pull up a chair and join me rachel campos duffy and me former u.s congressman sean duffy as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across america
4: download from the kitchen table the duffy's at FoxNewsPodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts
0: A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: You can't just go smack a man in the face in front of the world and then go about business as usual. First of all, it sets a terrible precedent. Yes. In in, in so many different ways. It sets a terrible precedent for comedy clubs. Yes. Like, are people yes. going to decide that they're going to go on stage and Ooh. smack the comedian I hope now? they try
5: to smack Brendan or you.
2: But also, it's just like, what are we saying as a society when... The the people that we look up to for whatever reason, for good or for bad, Mm -hmm. we look up to actors. Yes. And and the Academy Awards is supposed to be them in their most regal regal outfits, their best behavior, and to drop down to violence for something so innocuous as a G.I. Jane joke.
1: And that is Joe Rogan talking about why the Will Smith slap was a big deal in his world. In comedy, anyone who goes on stage, music, especially if you have polarizing views, polarizing or, or, or certain views. For example, we had Michael Loftus on. He's a, a comedian, great writer, writes for almost every successful sitcom, fantastic stand-up. And he has – he's a big Trump guy. And he wrote a whole show about being conservative and talked about the, co- the comedic uh, – the horrible way in which Trump was treated, but he makes fun of it in his act. It's really good, right? I hate talking about comedy, but it's true. You're going to tell me that's not going to take off a lot of people as he travels the country into every major city because he's that successful? You go into Chicago, he performs in New York City all the time. So you just watched Dave Chappelle, maybe the best comedian in the country, get attacked on stage in one of the biggest cities in the country. And he had said something which some people think is controversial about the trans community. So now does he have to be looking over his shoulder? Is he going to be changing what he says? Do you have to now... Bulk up security. Can you no longer afford a talented guy or woman that tends to get emotions running high for people that don't agree, that don't understand that comedy is supposed to be a parody? And then you just don't book them. So Howard Stern weighed in on this. And, of course, it affects him, too, because he's a polarizing figure, has been his whole life. And I haven't agreed with much of the Howard Stern has said of late. Uh, but what he said yesterday, uh, I do agree with. And, um, and here's what he said on, on his show.
4: Now, here's the point I want to make about this and how f-ed up Hollywood is. And, they, and, you know, some people in that audience at the Academy Awards should still be very ashamed of themselves. I hope they are. Now, this guy jumped up on stage and attacked Dave Chappelle. As soon as that happened, did they let him go back to his seat and laugh and sit next to his wife and then give him an <laughs> award? No. But at the Academy Awards, everyone came over and consoled Will Smith because it was live television. And Hollywood didn't know what to do about Will Smith. It's, listen, you don't treat Will Smith any different than they did the Chappelle attacker. The audience at the Oscars gave Will Smith a standing ovation after the attack. They didn't break Will's hands, they shook him. And it's wrong. And they all should be ashamed of themselves.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I miss the drama. I have a morning show. I cannot stay up live, but uh late that, that late that night, especially for something I don't care about, like the Oscars. But I missed all of that. Then I had to watch him in replay. But I, I wasn't very clear that that they gave him a standing ovation. But the more you hear the coverage, and then you realize they tweeted out quickly. When a member of the squad also has, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, what is it called when you lose your hair? Again, Allison? Alopecia. So and I guess one of the squad members also have alopecia, and she tweeted out in support of Will Smith, you did the right thing. Then all of a sudden people realize how wrong it was and how off their instincts were. Uh, So also weighing in with me last night on primetime was Tyrus. Why is Tyrus perfect for this? Because Tyrus is bodyguard for some of the most famous people um, in the country in Hollywood, uh, from Snoop Dogg to Prince to Mike Tyson. Listen to what he said about what happened. He actually also was security at the Hollywood Bowl in the past. Cut 27.
2: 100%. percent you got to beef it up, which is more expensive. And you also have to look at what the signals are being sent. When you see progressives and the woke and the extreme left who every time somebody loots or attacks something, they blame the individual. Like, well, what was Dave Chappelle wearing? What did he say that led to the attack? Which is irrelevant. They take the blame away and they make the victim of the assailant. We see it all the times with looting and stuff. They'll say, well, it's a poor neighborhood, so they should be allowed. No, absolutely not. This is why law enforcement, supporting our law enforcement is so important. Same thing with security.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Pierce Morgan also weighed in, uh, not shy about, I'm sure people come up to him all the time, agreeing and disagreeing.
4: Cut 26. Direct consequence of what we saw at the Oscars, where I was a bit like you. I was kind of, in a way, it was like a scene out of a bar and brawl between one guy disses another guy's <laughs> wife and it ends right. up with a slap. Uh, but now I kind of think, you know, actually it's set a very bad precedent. And the precedent is now being replicated. And I think if I was a comedian right now, like Chappelle, like these guys with a big following in front of big audiences, you've got to be walking on stage now, particularly if Chris Rock's anywhere near you, and worrying about where the next punch is coming from. And would
1: Pierce, to expand on that and tell you how serious it is, the guy tackled him, got him to the ground eventually, but not hard. But he gets him to the ground, but he had a gun. Oh, no, don't worry, it's a fake gun. That's a knife. As crazy as his 23-year-old is, and he seems like the ultimate loser, lives with his brothers, got temper problems, they always hear him fighting, an aspiring rapper, wrote a song about Dave Chappelle, so just a typical nut job. Why would you carry a gun that's not a gun but is a knife? Bruce, listening on the Fox News Radio app. Hey, Bruce, what's on your mind?
7: Hey, Brian, how you doing? Good. Call out to your
8: show Saturday night, at 8 o'clock. It's Fox Channel. It's a very good show. Thank you. Please enjoy it.
7: I'm calling up about, the president saying that MEGA is the most extreme group in U.S. history—and I was just thinking—you probably know this because you're big with history—is I think the biggest group probably was—they used to like—they were from Democratic states, they used to like to wear gray uniforms, I think they even had their own flag, I'm not sure, but I think they had their own flag, and they are led by somebody called General Lee. I think
6: they're a tad more extreme than make people.
1: Yeah, I guess they decided to leave the union and causing a war the death of 500,000 people, uh, all Americans. I think the KKK fits that description after the war, pretty sure. I uh, Skinheads, I would think that they are worse than people that voted for Donald Trump. I mean, it's such an insult. I almost think it's a setup. And I'll explain you what I mean right after the break.
0: a radio show like no other, it's Brian Kilmeade.
9: I now do shows and people in the audience are disagreeing out loud, they're giving their opinion out loud, that never existed in the past. You were the audience, I was the comedian, you sat and listened, you got a two drink minimum, I said my jokes. There, people are in bold now, and it's like, the same thing that's happening on comedic stages is really happening on commercial airline flights, like, People are now somehow feeling like they can physically put their hands on other people they disagree with.
1: By the way, Adam Krohler can protect himself because if you read his book, he started out boxing. He was giving boxing lessons so he can defend himself. Adam Kroller, one of the best podcasters in the country, one of the first two, talking about getting on stage. Uh, And now you really have to reevaluate everything. And you heard his reasoning why. I played you Howard Stern before. And a lot of it came down to, and Tyra said the same thing last night, the reaction at the Oscars, almost as important as the slap, because when he was able to go back Will Smith and sit in a seat, get an award in a standing ovation, it was the go sign to Luna to go sign to Looney's like the 23 year old that jumped on the stage with Dave Chappelle. Now, it, I feel like I made a lot of sense, but Julie Banderas has been listening to me uh, in studio. You're seeing her on Fox Nation. Julie, do I do I make as much sense as I thought in that evaluation? I
10: agree. I, for way. once, you actually <laughs> no, no. just made sense for the right. first time ever. It's been a while. Yeah.
1: So I felt good about it. But what do you think is significance over the weekend? I think that if you're going to go after Dave Chappelle, one of the top three comedians, him and Chris Rock and maybe yeah. Kevin Hart and Jerry Seinfeld, the top in the country, yeah, we're all open game then.
10: Yeah. I mean, I think this is a sad state of affairs for, for comedy in America because, I mean, nobody – first of all, the woke – brigade if you want to call them that um, have completely destroyed comedy Chris Rock he was just the beginning right but you know the double standard between Dave Chappelle getting attacked on stage and Will Smith going up there and slapping him so I guess if you're going to attack a comedian you have to be a celebrity and then you get away with it but the Dave Chappelle thing listen that guy I talked about this yesterday on Outnumbered he had it coming the woke brigade is coming out against comedians if they don't like what they're joking about and the reason why the woke brigade has been So upset with Dave Chappelle was because he made some jokes, some trans jokes on his Netflix special. We don't know the exact motive as to why this guy jumped up, but it seems to me that perhaps it's it's a bit linked.
1: Yeah, I mean, evidently he's an aspiring rapper that wrote a song about Dave Chappelle, was going to do something and didn't show up or whatever. He seems to be a a 23-year-old loser who has to live with his brother and neighbors were saying there's a constant arguing. But what about this mindset of a guy that would have a gun? But it's not a gun. It's a knife. Right.
10: A fake gun, a replica with a knife attached to I it. I took
1: to the sheriff, and the sheriff says Scary. there's, there's a metal detectors at the Hollywood Bowl. How did I not pick that up?
10: I know. It's amazing. Like they took – they confiscated people's phones, okay? So you weren't allowed to walk in there with cell phones, but right. yet you get in there with a knife. Right, uh, You know, I mean, Will Smith, he got in there with his fists, and I don't think there's any metal detectors to prevent you from walking in with your hands. But, I mean, this is disgusting. It's absolutely unacceptable. And Dave Chappelle actually had to hire extra security. I don't know if you know about no, this. No, I but didn't know that. He, 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 There has been an uprising, okay? there's The woke brigade is really upset with him over his jokes, trans jokes. You know, you can make jokes about anybody when you're a comedian. As far as I'm concerned, everything is fair game. They make some fun of themselves. He is self-deprecating humor. That's what comedians do. Too. But, you know, I mean, for him to walk into that place, he had extra security on the stage, fortunately. So that's why they came in from both sides. Right. He, had, he had security on well, both
1: Tyrus, sides. Well, Tyrus, who's my in with the bodyguard community. I, I saw him yesterday. think he's Fox's in. Yep. But he was saying that uh, they would never have gotten to him if he was in charge of security. He well, he, he saw said this.
10: that there wasn't enough. Yeah, I heard him say that yesterday.
1: Even though it's a huge stage. But he, he, he said the guy there have should have
10: been him. enough. He said that that guy should have never been able to reach him on the stage.
1: You know, no offense. I'm glad Jamie Foxx was there. But the second guy, this the first guy in can't be your other, your your comedian friend. I know. Right? Unless, I know. I you know Jamie Foxx is jumping in there. And I, his explanation was, well, he's very talented. He's a genius. I want to so protect I
10: love Jamie Foxx. And he is a... I, can I say badass? Uh, well, I just did. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, he – I mean Jamie Foxx is awesome, but it's it's pretty pathetic that actually another comedian had to run in and actually got there at, at around the si- same time as the security guys. Yeah, was.
1: I was just saying that for us personally, you notice in, in Manhattan especially where everyone's nuts, no matter what your job is, you don't really feel as safe as you used to. No. But I still use the subway. So Do you I,
10: really? Brian, I yes. don't think you should be riding the subway. I tell everybody that I care about – so that means that you've just entered my circle of it's a very small circle of people I care that about.
1: Did you subway? Yeah. Yeah.
10: No, I just know that yeah. I care about. Oh, did you care but, about? Yeah. That. Huh. Yep. That's right. But I, I honestly don't think that the subway is safe. There is crime that goes on every day. Right. I'm friends with police officers, a lot of NYPD sources, and there is crime every single day. Only half of it gets reported. The stabbings, the murders, those get reported. There are muggings every single day on the subway.
1: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Please that. Please stop. I'm and gonna... you're a
10: freaking on-air personality. Like, who right. do you think you are? You're not Mayor De Blasio and Mike Blue. Bloomberg. Do you ride your, ride your bike to work too? No, I don't. Like Bloomberg? No, oh, I don't. okay, yeah.
1: But okay. Uh, did Bloomberg raise –
10: Well, he did. He, he rode tried... the subway. Well, yes, he rode the subway, but he also, you know, because the city bikes they, they were trying to promote exercise. But I'm just saying for your own safety. I but don't having think it's said safe. that,
1: now when you get out of the car on 48th Street, Sixth mm-hmm. uh, Avenue, yeah, they they meet you at the door and they walk you to the door. I mean, our that's security, how, yeah, orders. our security, yes, yeah.
10: and they like to walk us out too.
1: Right. All right. Uh, on another note, you talk about dangerous. It's Ukraine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by the report yesterday that said the Pentagon cannot quite figure out why the Russian advance is so tepid. Are they running out of ammo? Is it bad leadership? Do they have something else in plan? Do they want to use tactical nukes? They're not going to need the, 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 the force, an intensive force there, because in the east they're being pushed out of Kharkiv. Yep. They are suddenly in a major rush to have a corridor to empty that steel mill in Mariupol yep. to maybe take on the fighters that are left. And or they could be a flat out disaster inside. They have no idea what to do. They can't motivate their guys moving forward. So this is a very it's a very trying time there.
10: Yeah. I mean, I don't think Russia had any idea what they were going to be up against. I also don't think that the that. Um, Vladimir Putin has been actually informed by his generals. I think they 're out of fear of how badly they 're doing out there i don 't know if he actually knows how badly they 're not do- that they 're doing um The European Union is proposing that they you know put a ban on on russian oil that's those are the kind of threats that i 'm hoping that the 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 Kremlin finally starts to think maybe maybe this was a mistake but
1: so, so Julie this is a, either he 's out of his mind and the cancer surgery he 's going to have is a brain tumor yeah because the thing he has to finance his war is oil and gas. What did he do to Bulgaria and Poland? said, yeah, I'm cutting you off. Really? You're cutting me off. So they have quickly been backed up by France, the Congo, and other places, Algeria. And then he said, we're going to start uh, revisiting all of Europe. Okay, that's how you get money. Mm-hmm. So Italy's going to... Uh, they have the best relationship with Algeria. They're going to Africa, the UAE. They're going to Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. They're scrambling. Germany's doing the same thing. They're down to using, instead of 56%, down to 34%. Okay, we could play a huge role in there. We can create our own pipeline through Europe and have, uh, I forgot what they call the LNG facility, Uh, would be a refinery or somewhere where we can offload the natural gas that we have. But once this is done, they'll have China, India, and some markets, but they are going to be... We're gonna, if I, once I learn to live without you, I'm not going back to you. Yeah. You lost your leverage once you broke up with me. That's they broke up.
10: Yeah. No, Russia is going to suffer so badly after all of this. Unless I'm missing something. You're absolutely something. right because these countries are going to figure out a way to sustain energy and oil without Russia's help. So when this is all said and done, we're not going to – you're absolutely right. Russia is going to be a nasty ex-boyfriend that we're never going to turn back and look at ever again.
1: Right. Uh, with me, would be girlfriend, girlfriend. if it wasn't played yep. out. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not that I would judge.
10: Uh, right. Of right.
1: I just want to play out the scenario <laughs> as if, I, if it actually happened. Here's Mike Pompeo last night on Prime. Time with me uh, talking about what is going on, because Pompeo says he's reaching elsewhere for people. Cut 32.
4: Anytime they're able to bring in reinforcements, especially reinforcements like the Wagner Group, to your point, Brian, these are just paid assassins. Um, we dealt with them. We, t- we took a bunch of them out one night in Syria, uh, but they caused trouble in Libya. They caused trouble in Syria. They have caused trouble in lots of places around the world. They're pretty, pretty capable, some of these units, uh, and they are uh, fierce folks they're working for a paycheck Uh, The Belarusians will be probably uh, second tier compared to even the Russian military. But numbers matter. And my guess is that Vladimir Putin has concluded um, that he's lost a lot of folks and he's looking for uh, uh, more dry wood to throw on the fire. He's just looking for volume to try and reinforce his effort. He is is not going to slow down, Brian. His efforts are going to be doubled down upon. No no reason to think otherwise.
1: Yeah, he rolled the Chechnyans into getting Syrians from the Middle East, Syrians from the Middle East. Now, this is because I find fascinating, uh, Julie. Belarus is an ally because what's-his-name sold his soul to keep his position. But there's only 5% of the Belarus population support Russia in this war. Now they're training the army, and the army's going to be told to go into Ukraine. How do you tell a bunch of men – I'm sure there's no women mm-hmm. – uh, a bunch of men to go invade a country that they don't want to? I mean a lot of the Russian soldiers don't
10: in fact, support this war either. I mean, there's a lot of nasty ones there too, but there are a lot that don't support this. So, you know, you can only go so far. When you're losing a war, and I mean – Technically speaking, Russia's not losing because if you look at the number of deaths, there are more Ukrainians that have died than Russians. But nonetheless, this is not a a war that has been won by a long slide, right? I mean, Putin thought that this war was going to be won in a few days. He thought he was going to go in there and within a week this was going to be done. So now he's realizing he's not only destroying his own country and Ukraine, but he's dragging other countries in it. And when they do go in, Mm -hmm. um, if the Chechnyans and the others go in and they don't know what the hell they're doing there, they're going to back Back out And they're going to turn their backs on Russia, too. All they're doing is alienating themselves. I say, you know, keep it up. And, and at, a, at one point, Russia's going to sink.
1: And lastly, this is Griff Jenkins had a sit down with Vladimir Zelensky. Mm-hmm. And I like this message to end our war talk. Cut 30.
4: Tell me how this
1: ends.
4: Only
3: with victory. We have no way out.
1: Right. And the Donbass, they're actually pushing them back. Can you imagine if yep. Russia leaves with less then they started, along with the loss of 25,000 men. And we were told that when 25,000 die, it's three to one, they're wounded. Right. So think 75,000 wounded. Yeah. And let alone the aura of this big Russian bear being blown up. Right. And to find out that they can't even get tanks that work. Donbass is basically hanging in the
10: balance. And I think that is going to be a critical you know, point for I, both.
1: I lied. I have one more point to bring up. Are you in the camp? that is worried about our increasing role there. For example, what came out today is that we are supplying the intelligence to allow them to kill between 12 and 20 of their generals. Are you of the camp that it worries you that we're amping up the level of equipment we're getting there? Because I'm not. I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. I want, I do want all those, I want Russia diminished and defamed because this will be a problem in four years because they'll use their royal money and build themselves up the right way this time. Where do you stand?
10: Okay, so there's, I stand in the middle, so I I don't believe that U.S. So, soldiers or our military should be on the ground there whatsoever. I, I don't want boots on the ground in Ukraine because that truly could start Here a World go. War III. Yeah. But I do believe that U.S. should back them up with military. I believe that you know if we could have set, sent over some fighter planes, fighter jets over there, I would have gone for that absolutely. Um, and then I, I you know I also think that. Our support of the war, for example, when um, the Ukrainian president was asking for us for, – for the European Union uh, to close the airspace over Ukraine. Was it the U- – Euro- yeah. it was European Union that they were asking to close the airspace? Uh, no, uh,
1: Zelensky was asking us.
10: They were asking the United States to
1: yes. to
10: close the Euro- – OK. I I know that – Basically, I know that a lot of military officials say that that would have been an act of war on our part. I would have liked to have seen that happen. I, I actually was of the mindset that, yes, I think we should close the airspace over Ukraine.
1: But if they had shot one of our planes down, then we're in a war. That's exactly what you didn't want. Right, right. right. So the other thing I would say is that uh, they brought I, – I don't have the numbers with me, but if you go back at Vietnam and Korea, the Russians put – gave thousands to the North Koreans mm-hmm. of planes and yep. tanks. right. Same thing with the North Vietnam. Without it, we don't win. They made right. it very blatant. They were training in Russia. Come right across. Training in Russia. Go over to Vietnam. And that's the reason why we're gummed up there. Yeah, we protested, but they dealt with it. Yeah. And maybe they got what they wanted. We, there, was no, there is no South Vietnam, and, but there is a South Korea. Uh, listen, uh, Julie's going to stick around. Julie's also going to be on the weekend show uh, on uh, One Nation. Yep, You can't back out now.
10: Oh, I, of and, course. I'm staying in town just for you. Because I live two hours away. You do this live two. No, I really do. You do? Yeah. No, well, I'm I'm staying overnight in New York City, so uh, I can join you. I'm tomorrow.
1: excited. She's a boater with a tan. and it's a, it's I a, was just
10: in Miami, so that's oh, why I'm so dark.
1: You cheated on us here in New York.
10: I'm sorry. Understand. Yeah, I had to. I, Miami Beach is like my place now. I love I understand. It.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about it in the break. Mm-hmm. Back in a moment.
0: This weekend, check out Brian's new show on Fox News Channel. Because apparently he's cheaper than infomercials for non-stick pans. That is not true. Chill out, Gutfeld. That really hurts. One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. More of Brian coming up. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade.
2: Sarah Palin is running in a special election to fill Alaska's empty Congressional House seat. But she faces a formidable opponent with lots of name awareness. This is completely true. She is running against Santa Claus. I mean, how does this even play out? Even if you win, what do you say? Yeah, absolutely destroyed Santa Claus. This is true. Santa Claus is pretty liberal. He supports Bernie Sanders and champions child welfare. Although technically, it does depend on whether the child has been naughty or nice.
1: That is James Corden, who's going to be hitting the road. He's quitting. Do you ever watch him? I Julie Ben I love him. He's I leaving. Him. This will be his last year. I
10: can't believe it. Why? What does I, he want to do? I think he's bored. Go into acting? I think he's
1: bored. Number one, those late night shows don't have the prestige they used to. Right. And he might be thinking to himself, you know, why am I doing this? The ratings aren't great. I mean, you, if you look at Stephen Colbert, he gets about a one, two, one. He should four. go on
10: HBO or something like that instead. Right. Like a show like that where it's like paid subscriptions. They uh, could. Right.
1: Uh, the problem in with him is he has probably. this problem, and I think you're the same thing. You sing, you dance. He's uh, so talented, right. isn't he? So that's just it. So he yeah. feels as though this is not playing at all of it. It makes me wonder if there's more to know. I th- more oh. to know. All right, uh, I'll go first. All right, That's a snazzy intro. <laughs> Sorry I did about not that. See that I should have warned you uh, during rehearsal. <laughs> rock and Roll Hall of Fame announces 14 new inductees. Tell me who you think does does not belong: Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, uh, Eminem. It's rock and roll. Should just be music. Uh, Dolly Parton, first time nominee. She even said she doesn't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Lionel Richie, Carly Simon. Dolly Parton does not belong. I mean, she's... She even said she doesn't belong. She's a
10: country music singer. Exactly. She's not in rock and roll. That's doesn't Musical
1: Excellence Award, Judas Priest, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. The category honors non-performing industry officials who have made a difference in influence.
10: Neither of those have made made any difference in my life, nor have they influenced me in the slightest. Early
1: Influence Awards, Harry Belafonte, Elizabeth Cotton. No help?
10: No. I actually don't even know who the hell they are. You go. Okay, um, Struggling to find a Mother's Day gift. A new poll reveals the best present to get her may hinge on what type of mom she is overall. Is this Good or bad? Wait a second. <laughs> Am I getting a case of wine? Is that what this story is about? So there's a survey of 2,000 adults. They asked people how to show their appreciation toward the women in their lives who are mothers. They found that three in five believe every day should be Mother's Day. Hell yes. Uh, also, a whopping 86% of respondents say that these women are the most hardworking people they know, but 69% percent agree that moms don't do enough and they don't get enough credit for all that they do right. i would say one thousand percent on that
1: all right good luck and by the way there's uh, three types of mom foodie moms soccer moms and wine moms. i'm number three you are mm-hmm. good to know yep. next dallas cowboys owner jerry jones involved in a car crash he's 79 years old he says he's all good now but he was transported to a hospital with minor injuries after being involved with this accident roughly 20 miles from the cowboys facility Jones' jones's son steven sent a text message to espn all good
10: He's 79 years old. God bless him. I'm glad he's okay. Next. Okay, marijuana legalization. We were just talking about this. I still think it's so weird that people walk around New York City streets with joints in their hands. Uh, It is leading to more poisoning cases among pets. Gee, no surprise.
1: When do I see you again on television?
10: Stoned? Oh, you mean Uh, on television? Yes. Oh, we're just like cutting away from marijuana and getting back to me? the music's
1: going to get louder and cut off.
10: Okay, well, I'm going to be on, uh, let's see, 11 a.m. Faulkner Focus tomorrow morning. Thank you. And your show on Saturday.
0: Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox & Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Brian Kilmeade coming to you from uh, 48th and Six in midtown Manhattan. Heard around the country. Heard around the world, especially in Ukraine. Matt Schlapp, if you're smart enough to be watching Fox Nation right now, you can see Matt ready for action today. Dressed great. Took off his coat because he's ready to uh, roll up his sleeves. Blue shirt, blue collar, right? Uh, bottom of the air, Carly Shimkis will be here. Uh, she's also very nice. I didn't know that I had to have my coat on. Now I feel terrible. No, you know, I think you look good. <laughs> okay, good. I think you look really good. Uh, before we get to Matt... Um, let's get to the big three.
0: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's big three.
1: Number three.
0: What do you think will happen
2: on May 9th?
3: For us, this is not going to change anything. For us, war is going on for eight years now. The May of 9th is going to be remembered in the world as a tragedy, as a bloody day, and certainly not the day to forget.
1: Of course, uh, that is President Zelensky through a translator talking about Victory Day in Russia and what it could mean when Vladimir Putin has to give a speech. He wants to say something good. What could he be up to? Stalled but not destroyed. I'm talking Russia and Ukraine. An impressive 85% of the American people believe the war abroad matters to us here at home, and I
4: agree.
0: Number two.
4: Now, here's the point I want to make about this and how up Hollywood. And And, you know, some people in that audience at the Academy Awards should still be very ashamed of themselves. Now, this guy jumped up on stage and attacked Dave Chappelle. As soon as that happened, did they let him go back to his seat and laugh and sit next to his wife and then give him an (laughs) award?
1: No. Great point. Superstar nearly stabbed. Dave Chappelle attacked in front of thousands in Hollywood. There's a 30,000, this guy's in jail, 30,000 bail. It should be higher than that. Chappelle's reaction and the fallout right after this.
5: Number one.
6: What are the next things that are going to be attacked? because this maga crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history.
1: Trump power on display. 22 and 0 over the past week or two in primaries and three Supreme Court justices produce what could be the elimination of Roe v. Wade, a aspiration of almost all conservatives. As Biden decides to label the whole government, his whole movement, the maga followers, the most extreme political organization that's existed in America Mr. President, you just charge, charged, tarred millions of people. We're going to look at both agendas. Matt Schlapp, you're all over this. So there's, you know, the president makes a lot of mistakes. This was not a mistake. No, it's not a
11: mistake. He makes mistakes when
1: he can't read what's
11: on the cards. They don't let him speak extemporaneously. They hardly ever let him take questions. If he takes questions, I believe it's kind of ginned up. They know what's going to be asked uh, or coordinated. I should say. So no, this is an attack on the court to try to to it's. One branch of the government inappropriately is a violation of his oath trying to prevent the Supreme Court from going through their normal process where they do not get lobbied. They don't have a period of time where everyone can go in yeah. and kind of like beat the hell out of them. They hear the oral arguments. They read the, the amicus, and then they make a decision amongst themselves. And so there's not – it's not only, Brian, what people are missing is the leak – I believe is an impeachable offense because I don't believe a staffer would do that without a justice knowing. But I could be wrong. I I have no knowledge. So I think it's an impeachable offense. But for the president of the United States in the midst of this to go out there and do everything he can to manipulate these justices, their marriages, their loved ones, all kind of making it harder for them to do their – to uphold their oath is one of the most terrible things I've ever seen. Joe Biden is not a good guy who got old. Joe Biden is not a good guy. And what we're seeing as he gets old is he can't hide the fact that he's not a good guy. The president should shut up. We know his views on abortion. He's had every position throughout his whole career. He started off getting elected as pro-life. He voted to get rid of Roe v. Wade when he was a senator. Now he's taking the talking points from the hard left. He wants abortion for nine months, no restrictions, and after birth. That's what's wanted.
1: He also mischaracterized what Bork said. He goes, what Bork wanted, uh, all rights to come from the government. Really, that's what Bork wanted—all rights to come from the government. He goes, no. and I fought him on that.
11: No, he just look—he's—he's he's a liar. This is remember—he ran for president, I think, three times, and he had to get out of the previous races because he always lied. He said he finished near the top of his class. He said that he got a, yeah, and got an award for being such a good student. Well, he finished near the bottom of his class. He did not get an caught academic cheating. scholarship. He got caught cheating. You know that he's—he's never. Uh, passed the muster of even journalists. But this time he did because he was running against Trump. And they hated Trump so much they were willing to overlook all these flaws in Biden. The thing is the American people are seeing it. He just lives in his own fairytale land. So and the did, media helps Matt, him.
1: Matt, would you also say he didn't do the easiest thing? Hire great people. I mean, whatever you want to say about Rahm Emanuel, he's pretty, very competent. Whatever yeah, yeah, you want to yeah, say about David Axelrod, he's very smart. I agree. Whatever you think about Jay Johnson, he's a lot better than yeah. anything that I've seen on his staff. These yeah. are the border, that's the chief of staff, and that's his advisor. He's not surrounded by an A-team. I don't, I, in fact, I see him alone all the time.
11: I think the, the other thing I think is interesting, I know Jen Psaki's leaving, but I kind of view her as the president. If you know the president is only with it for a couple of hours a day and the vice president— You believe that? Yes, I do. I believe. Look, I've been too close to to a couple of presidents not to know that. Like, you really—it's hard to drink on the job. It's hard to ever relax on the job. It's hard to ever just kind of like be on vacation. Yeah. Do
1: you ever want to have a drink and you all of a sudden have you to really, about a really then the next attack? thing
11: you know you got to make a real decision yeah. where people's lives are at stake. So the uh, there's really no off. And Joe Biden clearly has good and bad moments. And so who is the president when he's not president? It's the people you're describing It's this B team he's put aside him. And Jen Psaki, I think, is driving. The policy positions of the administration, because when you have a passive, docile, uh, you know, senile president, you know, the staff can really step in and manipulate the situation. I think that's what's happening.
1: Wow. Uh, Here's here's the whole soundbite of President Biden deciding his team, deciding that I'm going to vilify Trump's supporters, not even mention Trump's name, his predecessor. But MAGA, the extremist group, cut one.
6: What happens if you have a state ch- changes the law saying that 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 children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history.
1: So bigger, the worse than the KKK. Yeah, I worse mean, than Jim worst.
11: Crow, worse than KKK, skinheads, worse than skinheads. You know. How about Black Lives Matter and Antifa burning down our cities? You know, I think they're not just community organizers. Uh, the other question I have on this, Brian, is who's the intolerant one? Is it the fact that MAGA, which has tons of gay supporters, you know, the president embraced gay rights in a lot of ways that President Trump did? Uh, is are, are, is it the MAGA crowd that's intolerant of of LGBTQ kids or other kids? Or or is it Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton that are intolerant of the MAGA people? Would they kick out MAGA kids out of classrooms? My guess is they would. They've called them deplorable, irredeemable, uh, and Joe Biden just called them the worst What? what – what is this quote? The worst like extreme political group yeah. in our –
1: the most extreme, uh, the most extreme political group in American history, political organization that existed in American history. So
11: my ten-year-old likes to write "Go Trump" on her homework. She loves the president. She's, you know, she's in a unique position. She's got to meet him. She thinks he's great. She's an extremist, my ten-year-old, yep. because she admires a president. I mean, oh, you're this, bad parents. This, well, we're already domestic terrorists. We know that, and I'm an mm-hmm. insurrectionist because I believe in voter ID. So right. you know, this is where we are. And uh, and you know what? They're going to lose, Brian, because America. Is just not wired to hate everyone. They're just not wired that way.
1: So Joe Scarborough has a job when I'm on, so I miss his show. It really. Oh my god, the, I'm me, missing Joe Scarborough. Yeah, I apologize. Oh my he's god, he's actually I'm really yeah, mad. Well, he just wrapped up. Uh, So I don't feel as bad. Uh, I want you to hear what he says. He has, believe it or not, a different view. Former conservative Republican from Florida.
11: Not that conservative. I can go through his ACU rating with you later. But, yeah, no, I get
1: your point. Cut seven.
5: There's a Florida governor's crazed attack on Florida taxpayers. going to cost him about a billion dollars via his war on the Magic Kingdom. Again, to own the libs. But he's just ending up owning his own taxpayers in central Florida. And yesterday, a harshly written Supreme Court draft that we talked about leaked on Monday that will end a 50-year constitutional right, get this, that only 19 percent of Americans support being stripped away. Only 19 percent of Americans want to ban abortion. And what lies ahead if Trumpists keep winning? It's just getting worse. Candidates like J.D. Vance say they want the centralized state in Washington, D.C., to seize all the assets of the Ford Foundation because they are insufficiently loyal to Donald Trump, a man that he still claims had the 2020 election stolen from him. These people are, if I can quote Aristotle here, crazy as a shit house rat.
1: So... Your thoughts. Number one, does Roe v. Wade ban abortion?
5: So let me
11: just make this clear. The Constitution was passed, but it's not poll tested. So you don't take polls to determine if there's a Second Amendment or a Third Amendment or a First Amendment. Those words are in there. It's already the law of the land. Second of all, if, according to Joe Scarborough, only 19 percent of the people want to get rid of Roe v. Wade, what's he worried about? Every state – that means every state by 80 percent plus – will immediately make abortion illegal through nine months. So he's got nothing to worry about. Yep. That's why the gay marriage decision was so terrible. All it did is create a frenzy of anger, which contributed to Donald Trump's election, by the way, ironically enough, because people are so discouraged they keep putting these constitutionalists on the court, and then they go soft on them. And so the, the point is, is this. If, if gay marriage is so overwhelmingly popular, guess what will happen? through the democratic process, it will become legal. State legislator by state legislature. Yes, this is the right way to do it. When the justices do it for us right. and determine what the laws should be with that are not strictly in the Constitution, they create a
1: half a century of political division. So let me ask you, what do you think the Republican message and what do you think that it should be and is? Do you right. think the Republicans understand what could be happening in June when this – when this decision becomes official? Right
11: now I think Republicans should mostly be quiet and let the justices do their job. I think too many Republicans are out there now trying to do what the left is trying to do, which is intimidate justices. And I, I think there's a there's there's uh, sacredness to how they do their job, and I think we, I have some friends on the court. Let's let them do their job. Look, I hope my friends do the right thing right. because let me just tell you about Roe v. Wade. That is the it's like the worst decision. Dred Scott being terrible as well. Plessy versus Ferguson. These are like the top three terrible decisions that ever came from the court. And I'm going to say it again because they just made it up, Brian. They used a word called penumbra. They just used these euphemisms for saying, look, we can't find abortion in the Constitution, but we think it's where the society is going, so we're just going to get ahead of the society and say it's legal, and that is caused. We're the only nation on the earth that fights so much over our laws on abortion because the people didn't get to decide.
1: So Eric Swalwell uh, tweeted out uh, essentially – and I know he's not exactly a thought leader, but he tweeted out that next is going to be banning interracial marriage. Now, do you think – that worked for the Clarence Thomas's uh, yeah, life at all? Yeah, I, I mean, just, he married a white woman,
11: a great wo- so by the think- way, a great, a great American too. The uh, this is these are uh, false flags that they're putting up to say that if you follow the Constitution on abortion. That means that they are going to get rid of every other precedent. And Amy Coney Barrett did a great job in her confirmation. She was like, we do have these precedents, these legal precedents that come from the Supreme Court, and there are super precedents. And they kept saying, well, what's a super precedent? Because they think she's going to over, you know, overturn all these decisions. She goes, "A super precedent is so accepted that it's not even controversial in society. Interracial marriage is not even controversial in society. Yeah. There's a 0% chance – that uh, that the Supreme Court's going to say you can't marry the person you love. There's a 0% chance
1: they're going to do that on gay marriage, by right. the way. They're not going to do these things. But it's never been talked about. But if I accuse you of that, then you have to defend yourself against something you never even thought about. That That's a
11: tactic. It's, you know, but, but you know what, Brian? It's because if they just talk about abortion, here's the fact. For the first time, uh, or, or at least through the last two decades— the society's become more and more pro-life. We've experienced this abortion on demand abortion for whatever reason you want, and it's left a lot of scars in people's lives. And I just think that's one of the reasons why people have changed their views. They were told that it was should be safe, legal, and rare under Clinton, and they realize when you have more black kids being aborted than being than uh, than, being than living in New York City, and we had a billboard up, CPEC put a billboard up that said "Stop the Black Genocide." It's like when you realize that you realize this isn't this isn't rare. This is now becoming. Um, an epidemic,
1: and maybe we ought to rethink it. Absolutely, Matchlap's going to stick around. Am I right, Allison? We've negotiated with them because it's usually a financial thing. Do, do I have to put, put my to
11: Do I have to put my coat on or no? No, you okay. go.
1: I like the look. Okay, good. Uh, Eric doesn't, but I like it. <laughs> uh, and but uh, and what I say goes. Uh, when we come back, more with Matchlap. Uh, don't move.
0: Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
12: Critical race theory has become one of those hot button issues that uh, the Republicans and, and other, you know, disinformers um, who are engaged in disinformation for profit, frankly, there are plenty of, you know, media outlets that are making money off of this, too, have have seized on. But it's no different than than any of the other hot button issues that, you know, allow disinformation to flourish. It's It's... You know, weaponizing people's emotion. When you're looking at stuff on on the media, whether it's you know mainstream media, fringe media, or even social media, if you feel yourself getting really emotional, there's a good chance you're being manipulated. Right? Um, it is
13: it is meant to drive that emotional interaction.
1: Nina Jankowitz, the new disinformation czar, Matt Slap here. Matt, I can't see anyone less qualified to do this oh job gosh. or more partisan. Mallorca said just the opposite. This is a nonpartisan position. And then said he had no idea that she praised Christopher Steele, no idea that she said the laptop was fake, no idea that, uh, that she thought the dossier was real. Yeah, no, and look,
11: once again, it's purposeful. I think they know what they're doing. They want somebody in there to give the veneer of a propaganda machine for the left wing agenda. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't believe I'm sounding like this a few years ago because it sounds very conspiratorial. But there is a cabal of people. You talk about the real collusion, it is the collusion of the leaders of the Democratic Party and the Biden administration with uh, big tech and most of the media to not report the facts. And that's the thing that's scary to me. The Hunter laptop thing, up to 20% of the people who voted for Biden said they would have reconsidered their vote had they realized that there was this corruption he was the, big the Biden guy. family. Yeah. yeah, that's a big number. And we are talking about ballots and machines and all this. It's like, just look at that. That yeah.
1: alone, that and decision alone affected the presidential And that is is how right you are. Bill Barr said the same thing. He yeah. said, to me, that affected many more votes than anything right. that may, may not have happened with voting machines because they're uh, they're within the margin of error, and he told me on and off camera, as he's done with you, that there was no mass corruption here when it come to – when it, enough to tilt the election the other direction. You
11: know, and they, my wife had to answer that question on TV the other day, and the real – the right answer to that question is how do you know? You know, I saw what they did in Nevada. They took hundreds of thousands of ballots, Brian. They separated the ballot from the envelope, all these mailed-in ballots, and they put them through a machine that by law was supposed to check the signature, and they turned down the ability of that machine – To scrutinize the signatures, So hundreds of thousands of ballots went through the signature machine in Nevada. They didn't check the signatures. And the Democrats knew that they weren't going to do that. And they did that in all these cities. So I would just say to Bill Barr, what bothers me about Bill Barr is he says it really wasn't my job. I knew there was corruption and fraud, but it really wasn't my job. Well, you know what? If a bunch of black people or people of color were being prevented to voting, he would have done something about it. And this is where I say the Republican Party but he said
1: he, did, he had saw no no evidence of mass corruption or problems with these. Well, you'd, you'd the have
11: to be blind. I mean, seriously, I really want to sit down and talk to Bill Barr because when I went to Nevada and the president says this, I told the president I didn't expect to see much. I saw enough that I saw enough that there was more fraud than the than the than the difference between the two candidates. which you can't know. It's how every one of those people would have voted, right? But they had a whole plan with Zuckerbucks to do this. So I think Bill Barr really missed his chance to have a real investigation on what they're doing with these mail-in ballots. In those two weeks?
1: Yes, he should have done it. Match Lab, thanks so much. Yeah.
0: that makes you think. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. My f- worst fear come true. Not to comment
8: on what happened at the Academy Awards, but I thought that that opened the floodgates for people. You know, we're already, as comedians, being attacked as far as... Being canceled for something that you don't like, something that you find offensive, something that you think is too soon. And then you saw what happened at the Academy Awards. Violence triggers violence. I think this is the beginning of the end for comedy. I really believe that. And that isn't bull. I've been in the business for 45 years, and my biggest fear is that you wouldn't laugh and there'd be silence. There shouldn't be fear for my own well-being, you know, and that exists right now.
1: And that is Howie Mandel talking about being on stage. And these aren't small-time comedians. You're not hearing about, well, you hear what happened in Iowa last night, in Des Moines. Nothing wrong with Des Moines, Iowa. This really good comedian was attacked because he said something for Trump or for Biden. No, you're seeing the best comedians in the country, Chris Rock and now Dave Chappelle, have their, have their people are putting hands on them. With me right now is Carly Shimkus. Uh, Carly... <clears throat> Pretty amazing. This is a big story. I thought the, you know, the Oscars. I thought made Will Smith the big story because it was so famous. Yeah, it was the Oscars. But seeing Dave Chappelle being hit by some crazy twenty three year old at the Hollywood Bowl. Your impression?
12: Well, you know, I know, I don't know how if this is a cancel culture or, and you know somebody hitting Chris Rock, laying hands on them because he um, has made jokes targeting the transgender community. Jokes, by the way. I think this is more a crime story. I think this is more a mental health story. I mean, how many people that are just you know, loose in this country that are willing to do something like that. And I also think it's a pro police story. You got to tighten up the security and make sure stuff like this doesn't happen anymore. I, I think that a lot of comedians are going, oh, my gosh, I, my biggest fear used to be bombing on stage, not getting attacked.
1: Well, well, what about um, people uh, that are people of opinions, whether it's uh, Sean Hannity or people that think that I have a point of view or that think that uh, Laura Ingram has a point of view yeah, that they question. disagree with, and they're on stage and they're talking, maybe at a college or somewhere. Oh, I'm going to show up at that event. I'm going to even pay for a I ticket, know. and yeah. I'm going to I'm going to get famous because Will Smith was allowed to go sit back in his seat.
12: It's an unbelievable concern right now. You see what goes on on college campuses too. Um, you know the free speech conference at Yale that it was about <laughs> it was about free speech, and it divulged into this this scene where The conservative speaker, the lawyer was there, and she had to run for cover because it was getting so aggressive. So, uh, yeah, I think that I'm just talking about this particular instance. You just don't know this guy's motive. I was with the Chappelle motive. I I was reading that the guy's brother, the attacker's brother, says that he does have a a lot of transgender friends. So maybe it was some sort of activist thing on his part, but I also think this guy is clearly unhinged, clearly insane. Wrote a a song about about Dave Dave
11: Chappelle.
12: Yeah, the the rap song apparently wasn't about Dave Chappelle. It was that he labeled it Dave Chappelle because it, he knew that people search the guy's name a lot and he wanted to get his rap song listened to by more people. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I think that this is more a story about um, how we need a lot more police and we need a lot more security and there needs to be a lot more mental health, you know, a lot a lot more mental health um, uh checks and balances in this country because things are going off the rails.
2: So I want you to hear what Joe Rogan said on March 28th, cut 23. You can't just go smack a man in the face in front of the world and then go about business as usual. First of all, it sets a terrible precedent. Yes. In in, in so many different ways. It sets a terrible precedent for comedy clubs. Yes. Like, are people going to decide that they're going to go on stage and smack the comedian I hope they try to smack Brendan or you. But also, it's just like, what are we saying as a society when – the, the people that we look up to for whatever reason, for good or for bad, mm-hmm. we look up to actors. Yes. And, and the Academy Awards is supposed to be them in their most regal, their most regal outfits, yep. their best behavior, yep. and to jo- drop down to violence for something so innocuous as a G.I. Jane joke.
1: And sure enough, that was, uh, that was March 28th, five weeks later.
12: Yeah, I know that instrument. you connected to. Yeah, I don't. I'm not totally convinced yet. Until the guy says, "This is why I did it." I'm an activist. I don't. I didn't like his transgender jokes. Until we know that for sure, um, then I guess you could correlate what happened with Will Smith and and um, Dave Chappelle. But um, I do think people are getting violent for you know a, a lot of weird reasons. Um, and I do love that Chris Rock was on hand during the moment and made the. And he came back and, and
1: says, "Was that Will Smith?" <laughs> said,
12: How hilarious was that? But the situation was absolutely not hilarious at all. And if you're Dave Chappelle, I think you know any rational human being would say, "Oh my gosh, you know this guy just took away and is making me question what I love to do. I love to get on stage and tell jokes, and now I don't feel safe and." In my own in my own space. And you know, we're not talking about safe spaces here. We're talking about quite the opposite. And,
1: you know, you also uh, witnessed and I guess Adam Carolla talked about this when you come up. So Adam Carolla is conservative. Mike, Michael Loftus, he's a great comedian. If you haven't heard him, just go look him online. Loftus, he's got his own show on History Channel for a while, too. He's big into Trump, really loves Trump, thinks, you know, has fun with him, knows he's not perfect. But he made up a whole conservative play. Yeah. He's got a whole conservative show. You're going to tell me he's like, he goes to major cities because he's famous, because he's a, he fills up a place. So now he's going to go to Chicago, New York. He's going to go to all these urban environments and hate Trump. I know. So now what happens is you're up there, and you're trying to be funny. You're trying to keep going. But one guy or one woman yelling out negative stuff, Trump sucks, you're a racist— it ruins the whole room. I mean, it's hard for you to continue. I know. And it's rare to happen. So are you are going to be tossing
12: these people out one after another? <laughs> it's wild. I, you know, I think that this, and we sort of talked about this on Fox & Friends today, that this starts on college campuses where you are taught to be in your safe space. And if you are offended by something, then we're going to send an email out and I'm so sorry. And, you know, this country is an awful place and everybody's a victim. So people appreciate safe spaces more than freedom of speech, which is wild. And then they, you know, go to the real world where where not everybody is a liberal activist and they start hearing things that they don't like and they truly don't know how to operate.
1: I think you're 100 percent correct. All right. So uh, let's fast forward to this. Cut one. What
6: happens if you have a state ch- change the law saying that 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 children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that is that legit under the way the de- decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. The
1: most extreme organization in American history, the MAGA movement. You might as well be saying the GOP. I know. You might be saying everybody except the bushcraft. He's
12: saying Republicans. No. Um, I think the White House had a messaging meeting, and they said, okay, uh, Roe v. Wade might get overturned, and um, a lot of Trump back candidates just won in Ohio and Indiana. We could take uh, the the focus off of inflation and crime, and we're going to say, don't look at us. Look at the MAGA people. This is going to be the new message. It's almost like the Putin price hike thing. Don't look at us. We're not the bad Did, guys. Do you they know what are. I
1: would have done? I would say, listen, I might do that because I'm trying to bring the country together. If I call the MAGA people, which which number probably 50 million, you know, 72 million voters, Let's say 50 million would have, 20 million would have voted for Republicans, regardless. I'm telling 50 million people they're part of an extremist organization. That's not going to work for me in the long run. I'm, Seventy nine years. I old. Know. I'm almost the, dead. Th- yeah. I mean, why what do I want my legacy to be? Think about what be? his
12: inauguration speech was. You know, yeah. it's that standard. Uh, even if you didn't vote for me, I'm going to be a president for all people. Except Fast for MAGA people. Cut to you just insult half the country and, and call half the country a group of extremists. And politically and trying to help the White House, uh, the White House out here, that's not going to work. Because it fires up the wrong group of people. We saw this when it happened to Republicans when, you know, the basket of deplorables thing with Hillary Clinton. All that happened was Republicans made T-shirts that said basket of deplorables on them. They became proud of being called that and they voted for Donald Trump. That this is exactly why Trump won the election, because hardworking, small governments, small, small government minded people were sick and tired of being called extremists. So they finally voted for somebody who said that they were going to stand up for them. And Trump or Biden is walking into that exact same mistake again.
1: Yeah. uh, So yesterday, Peter just had a series of sparring sessions with Jen Psaki, who does a better job talking for the president than the president does talking. Uh, Here's uh, what Jen Psaki said. This is pure politics. Now that this has come out, are you really concerned about a woman's right to have an abortion? That is going to be a state issue if Judge uh, Justice Alito has his, his decision becomes the overturning of the law. Understood. So, is this an issue about women's rights, or is this a political issue to be gained on? Listen to this. Cut eleven.
13: The President's view on a woman's right to make choices about her own health care is well-known, well-documented, well-stated. He said abort a child. I understand, Peter, but what I'm telling you is is what his position is.
9: And how can you guys say this is not a political issue when the President's statement about this talked about getting pro-choice officials elected?
13: Did I say it's not a political issue?
9: Uh, Yes, you actually said some call it a political issue. It
8: is not a board air
13: Well, because the vast majority of the public believes that this should not that this should not be overturned, meaning I meant to say it's not a partisan issue. And I don't think it is. There are many Republican and independent women, men uh, across the country who do not believe the Supreme Court should overturn a woman's right to make choices about her own health care. In fact, only 30 percent in recent polls thought they should. So that's what I'm referring to
1: in every state. So that's what she's referring to. So she did actually walk back the word political.
12: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the rhetoric over um anything political these days is so inflamed and then when you get to abortion, it's like
1: to the 10th power. Oh, it's
12: unbelievable. Um after the draft opinion was leaked, Uh, Obama released a statement and said today millions of Americans woke up in fear that their essential freedoms are at risk. Really? I didn't wake up in fear of that. Kamala Harris. uh, What's clear is that opponents of Roe want to punish women (laughs) and take away their rights. The hysterics are absolutely not based in reality. What you said, Brian, is accurate. What Alita was saying is that people should have the right to vote on how abortion is regulated. That is a dem- pro democracy stance. Nobody's taking away anything from people. You're actually adding people's voices to the conversation. And then when you get to the <clears throat> the act of abortion itself, you get to the arguments: "My body, my choice." Overturning Roe hurts poor women. Pro life people say, "Look at that and go, okay." You could say all you want, but you're killing a baby. Yeah. That's the argument. It's as simple as that. That's it. But you are killing a baby. Roe versus Wade um, makes abortion legal up until 24 weeks of pregnancy. That's six months. Have you ever looked at a six-month sonogram before? Yeah. It's 10 fingers, 10 toes. They're the sonograms that you put on your refrigerator and share with your friends because it is a full baby. As a matter of fact, Cory Bush, who I, I believe is pro-choice um, member of the squad, she told a story about her – Her delivery of her son. It was actually um, a really compelling story. She went through a lot, um, and it was a really trying time in her life. But she said that she delivered her son at 23 weeks. She made one of the most powerful pro-life arguments that I've ever heard in my life by mistake. And you know, every man that's listening right now, do not let a pro-choice woman intimidate you by saying, my body, my choice. Because When you're talking about bodies in this conversation, whose body is affected by abortion more, the woman's or the baby's? I'm pretty sure the baby that you were killing is the one that's being affected. And if it's if the woman's life is in danger, at risk, that's an entirely different conversation. And
1: my problem is I'm not sure who's a man and who's a woman because I'm not a biologist. That's right. That's my fundamental problem. Yeah, that's right. uh, Did you see
12: I think it was somebody at Yale or one of the Ivy League's. Actually attacked Kamala Harris for talking about women delivering a baby in her speech because she spoke uh, at the Emily's List conference, and they called her. They said it was a transphobic comment because men men can have babies too. It
1: what? what? I did not. I would love to have seen that. Um, should I play that now or should I play it when we get back? I can, I can keep it for Mark Thiessen. when we come back. Uh, Carly sticks around. We have a few more questions for, her and she better answer them.
0: Learning something new every day on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show.
5: I have a greater respect for the American people than you do. I think the American people can figure out the truth. And if you think the American people need to be told there's not fentanyl in the vaccination, feel free to say it. But the thing is, is if you are going to go around saying that you are the arbiter of information and of disinformation, I think you have no clue. And you don't have... The perspective history, knowing that disinformation, the largest progenitor of disinformation in our history has probably been the U.S. government. I've, I've never said that. And actually, I've said the thank, exact opposite.
11: Thank you. We sir. are not the truth police.
1: But you're acting like it. And then what Rand Paul said, Koyal Shimkus, after is, you know, the masks issues. Uh, I got my YouTube video taken down. Ron Johnson had his congressional testimony taken down about ivermectin.
12: The disinformation—I mean, can you believe that in this country where the First Amendment is still freedom of speech, we have a disinformation board? Right. What is this? Um, The rollout was so bad. I I know that Alejandro Mayorkas gets, you know, attacked for the border issue, rightfully so, but the rollout of this disinformation board, equally bad. So on the same week that Democrats are uh, calling out free speech on Twitter and calling it dangerous— He drops that we have a disinformation board and the person who is running it has serious animosity towards Republicans. You literally can't make this up. The other thing that I thought was interesting, though, Brian, is that the State Department has something called uh, the Global Engagement Center. And I just went online and I looked up um, the core mission of the Global Engagement Center. It's to expose and counter foreign propaganda and disinformation efforts aimed at undermining or influencing the policies and securities of the United States. So essentially it's the same thing that DHS says the disinformation board is doing. We already have one. So why do you need two? It's just a waste of people's time, added bureaucracy, or is this something else entirely? But does
1: that come out of the State Department? Yeah, that's the State Department. That makes total sense. So if you hear that that America wants to take over the world and and spread capitalism, overthrow leaders, you want to be able to say, hey, guys – we got a problem with that embassy. Let's get that embassy mobilized. Exactly. Let's get the message out we already there. We
12: have this. Right. We don't need two of them. So now there's a group of, what is it, 50 Republicans, I think, that are, are just um, trying to pass a bill um, to get this disinformation board resolved. Obviously, that's going nowhere because it's got no Republican support. But the effort is valiant, Absol- as, as are you. A valiant person. Thank you very much.
1: And that was not written down by Mm-mm. the State Department. No. They have not called me valiant. No, I did. You know.
12: It was
1: Carly Shimkus. It's Carly so Shimkus. Yes. Um A couple of things to, to close out. Number one, do you believe what you just said is a head fake? When Mayorkas came out with a disinformation board, even though it's two months old, was it to get some attention off the border mess? And was him called, was the president calling MAGA supporters extremists, a way to get off the, the inflation and the economic woes. Do you think these both could be manipulations?
12: I definitely think that the MAGA comment was to get people's minds off of inflation and crime. The disinformation board, I think it was just to appease liberals and say, look at what we're doing. And they had no clue that it was going to cause the you know what storm that it did. But
1: then is it nonpartisan when this woman is partisan? I know. Is, I, to get?
12: is it? I kind of feel bad for the number of times. The singing video has been played. you, I just, you were the first. I just, I just, I'm boxing
1: friends first. I think you guys were the first. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? She says, I have to. I mean,
12: like once or twice. It's just like, you know, that her mom is like, oh, you sound beautiful, honey. But then in this context, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so cringy.
1: Cody, if you got the job as disinformation czar, I know wouldn't you go through your own social media and bring it down before the intention came I would came never down?
12: want to be a disinformation zone. Are
1: you even on TikTok? I,
12: no, I'm not. Right.
1: It doesn't pay well. It, Stick with your job <laughs> thank now. Thank you. you. Don't offer it to Carl. So you
12: don't think I have a future as an influencer? I've always wanted to be mm-hmm. one.
1: I'd rather you stay here.
12: Okay.
0: From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox & Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for being
1: here, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. uh, Fresh off, um, I guess, uh, coming to you from New York City, heard around the country, heard around the world, 1-866-408-7669. We have a lot to discuss today, and I'm sure you know what's happening. They're actually debating what to do with the border right now uh, in the House. And it's a Democratic run committee. Why? They're getting scared. They got about 42 members of the Democratic Party uh, sitting lawmakers who have signed off to say, do not release Title 42. That's how serious it is. Uh, The election six months away and they can't afford. We have nowhere to put seven thousand a day, let alone 18,000 a day. Uh, Mark Thiessen standing by Bobby Barack to bring us inside media in just a moment. So let's get to the big three.
0: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Sponsored by LifeVac. Save a life in a choking emergency. Visit net to learn more and use code BK10 to save 10%.
5: Number three. What do you think
2: will happen on May 9th?
3: For us, this is not going to change anything. For us, war is going on for eight years now. The May of 9th is going to be remembered in the world as a tragedy, as a bloody day, and certainly not the day to forget.
1: Right. Absolutely. May 9th is Victory Day for uh, the Russians. A stall, but still destroying everything they see and can bomb. I'm talking about Russia and the Ukraine. Well, an impressive 85% of the American people believe that war abroad matters to us here at home. Thank goodness. Less than half of us believe that President Biden is doing enough to help.
0: Number two.
4: Now, here's the point I want to make about this and how f-ed up Hollywood is. And they, and you know, some people in that audience at the Academy Awards should still be very ashamed of themselves. Now, this guy jumped up on stage and attacked Dave Chappelle. Soon as that happened, did they let him go back to his seat and laugh and sit next to his wife and then give him <laughs> an award? And
1: a standing ovation? Howard Stern, making sense. A superstar nearly stabbed Dave Chappelle, attacked in front of thousands of people in Hollywood at the Hollywood Bowl. What took place, the fallout, Chappelle's reaction, and what will t- happen now to make the stage safe again?
5: Number one.
6: What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this mega crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history.
1: Wow. Uh, Trump, power on display, 22 and 0. Week one in primaries and has the three... The Supreme Court nominees about to deliver on Roe v. Wade. So it's a good week for him as Biden decides to label his group without labeling him the MAGA followers, the most extreme political organization that has existed in American history. He has just tarred millions of people for political gain. We'll look at both agendas and decide what is extreme and if this is indeed a head fake. Mark Thiessen, former chief speechwriter for George W. Bush. You know, things are scripted. And when he screws up. Mark, as I welcome you back here, that was intended to go out just that way. Don't you agree?
7: Yeah, uh, the most radical group in American history. So more radical than the Ku Klux Klan, more radical than the Confederacy, (laughs) more radical than the American Communist Party. I mean, good Lord, what, what what a stupid thing to say. Uh, mm-hmm. An offensive thing to say. Uh, but, he, you know, they're desperate. They're, they, they've got a 17 point enthusiasm gap going into the November elections, which is uh, the, the last time it's been that low. That was in 2010. When they lost 60 seats in the House. So they are desperately trying to gin up their the, gin up their base and get some enthusiasm because they're about to face the shellacking and desperate people say desperate and stupid
1: things. Like but that. But now you saw all the other channels saying, you know what, I agree. Uh, They agree. They're rolling January 6th tape and saying they agree, as if that uh, January 6th uh, characterizes 60 million people. A lot of people voted for President Trump. Many people just were going to vote Republican regardless, didn't want to vote for the other guy. I get it. But a lot of people are very passionate about that. And he just calls them, you thought deplorable was bad? The most radical in American history, extreme political organization in history, I would say is worse here is um, here's the whole. Uh, here's the whole soundbite. Cut 20. Cut one. What happens
6: if you have a state ch- changes the law saying that 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 children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history.
1: He goes on to say, well, maybe they're going to say that gay kids can't go in the same classroom as uh, straight kids. Who brought that up? Then you have Eric Swalwell say maybe they're going to outlaw interracial marriage, same-sex marriage. Now, that's a tactic. I'm very susceptible. I don't want to be naive and play into this and not talk about things that matter like crime, like the border, like inflation.
7: Yeah, I mean, first they said that we're for the Republicans or for Jim Crow 2.0. Now they apparently were for gay segregation. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Who knew? Gay segregation—that's their platform. I mean, you know, they're—they're literally making stuff up because they're—they're flailing. Uh, And look. The reality is he's he's lashing out at this Supreme Court decision uh, or this pending Supreme Court decision. We hope that in fact this is the uh, I hope that the the that the Alito draft uh, holds and that this court does overturn Roe v. Wade. They think this is going to like save them in some way in the in the November elections, and I don't think it's going to. I think they're 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 mistaken. I mean, first of all. Uh, they, the, the polls do show that Roe v. Wade is uh, – most Americans don't want to overturn Roe v. Wade, but also 67 percent – I'm sorry, 66 percent of Americans, one survey last year found, uh, believe that if Roe were overturned, abortion would be illegal everywhere in the United States. And most Americans don't know what Roe what Roe would do. And, in fact, the Fox News poll shows that a majority of Americans support the Mississippi law. Fifty-four percent favor banning abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Um so Americans support the Mississippi law. They don't want to ban abortion, and that's not what the court will do. So they're going to wake up uh, the day after the, the hearing and find that the justices haven't banned abortion nationwide and enough and have upheld reasonable restrictions uh, that that most Americans uh, the most Americans agree with. I'll just so exp- yeah, the,
1: the, I'll expand on your poll. The Fox News poll just you you're right. Um, for those who ask people do you do you want to ban ban abortion in your state after six weeks? Fifty percent favor banning yeah. it after six weeks. Fifty four percent favor banning it after 15 weeks. That's the Missi- Mississippi opposed 46 yep. and 41. I get it. Also, the Fox News poll said Supreme Court action on Ro- uh, Roe v. Wade. Let it stand. Sixty three percent say let it stand. Twenty seven percent say don't let it stand. So because that-
7: most Americans don't know what what overturning Roe would actually do. So do you think they, the they Republicans
1: def- should message that?
7: I, I think that well, I think what will happen is if the court does in fact overturn Roe v. Wade, Americans will wake up and discover that they're not in some you know dystopia where like oh, the abortion has been banned in the entire country, and uh, and that this court has upheld a law that they support, um, and others And then and then what happens is Democrats are going to have to own their abortion radicalism because the, the the democratic view of abortion. Remember when Bill Clinton it was it was safe, legal, and rare. Right. Today, it's taxpayer-funded abortion on demand until the moment of birth. That's, that's the Democratic mantra. That's not supported by the American people. There was a Gallup poll in, 20, in 2018 that found that only that 60% of Americans want to restrict abortion in the first trimester, which is the first 12 weeks. Only 28% support allowing abortions in the second trimester, and just 13% support it in the third trimester. So what that means is the Democrats have a 13% position. When it comes to taxpayer-funded abortion on demand up until the moment of birth, they're going to have to own that in the states. Where Republicans are going to go, and they're going to pass a 15-week abortion ban in in states, and Democrats are going to have to oppose that and explain why we should have abortion up until the moment of birth, or in the case of Virginia, after birth.
1: Well, uh, I want you, <laughs> you to know. hear this. I want you to hear this. This is when he went on the same presser uh, going on about Robert Bork as if we weren't there. Listen.
6: This reminds me of the debate with Robert Bork. Bork believed the only reason you had any inherent rights was because the government gave them to you. If you go back and look at the opening comments of Bork-Biden when I was questioning him as chairman, I said, I believe I have the rights that I have not because the government gave them to me, which you believe, but because I'm just a child of God, I exist. I delegate it by joining this union here to delegate some obligation, some rights I have to the governments for, for social good. So the idea that somehow there is an inherent right, that there is no right of privacy, that there is no right. And remember the debate we had, You don't remember, but we had a debate about uh, Griswold versus Connecticut. There had been a law saying a married couple could not purchase birth control in the privacy of their own bedroom and use it. Well, that got struck down. Griswold was thought to be a bad decision by Bork, and I'm, my guess is the guy's on the Supreme Court now.
1: So, does Robert Bork says your rights are given to you by government?
7: The opposite. It's the opposite. Look, here's here's the irony. So, the the Biden Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Jackson Brown. Uh, was asked in her confirmation hearing, the written questions. do you have a position on whether Americans have natural rights, inherent rights, such as in the Declaration of Independence, to inherent right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of, inalienable right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness? And she said, answered, I do not hold a position on whether uh, whether Americans have natural rights. She didn't, she couldn't even endorse the concept of inalienable rights from, from, given to us by our creator. That, that's that's the person he nominated to the Supreme Court. No Supreme Court justice has ever answered that question that way in the history of the country. It's it's the standard American creed, and she doesn't even and she doesn't even support it. So she doesn't even acknowledge uh, that we have inherent rights given to us as a child of God, uh, and and that govern and the, that which would mean that the rights are given to us by, by government, which is the opposite of what's in the Declaration of Independence. So he's describing his own party's position, not Robert Bork or the conservatives.
1: Uh, that's uh, fascinating. Uh, so, listen to uh, Tim Ryan yesterday. As you know, he has to run almost like a Republican if he wants any shot uh, these days of winning in Ohio. So, when asked, impressed by Brett Bear, uh, and about what he is, what he is about, listen to. Where he's placing himself. I've never heard a Democrat do this, actually. six.
7: I ran against Nancy Pelosi. I've taken on Bernie Sanders. I've disagreed with Obama. I've even agreed with President Trump on renegotiating NAFTA, on being tough on China. We've got to get away from which side are you on. You got the red shirt on and the blue shirt on. We need to all put the red, white and blue shirt on and start thinking of ourselves as Americans so that we can take on China who is cleaning our clock, out-manufacturing us. It's time for us to come together. China wants us to keep fighting. Russia wants us to keep fighting. And right. so it's time for us to come together, to rebuild the great American middle class, which is the source of our power at home and around
1: the world. And he went on to say he does not want the president campaigning for him because he wants to win on his own.
7: Yeah. I mean, he understands that Nancy Pelosi and uh, and. Joe Biden or an albatross around his neck. You're not going to win in Ohio uh, by embracing Pelosi and, and Biden. Uh, so that, that's, that's a smart way to position himself uh, for uh, going into the fall election.
1: Yeah, I just don't think people got to buy it because there's too much stuff of him acting as partisan as anybody. I just got this story that Kobe Hall wrote. Uh, And it's about Joe Biden. And they say observers of President Biden and his press events may have noticed a decline in Oval Office meet and greets. I, I never see him, actually. A new report reveals a rather unflattering reason. The Oval Office scrums hosted by the commander in chief have no way of getting teleprompters in there since they can't get installed. He doesn't like to bring the press in. Is that the most pathetic thing you've ever heard?
7: It is. And you can't do a teleprompter in an interview as well, which is why he's doing fewer interviews than any president uh, in modern times. I mean, it, it's just absolutely clear the more you see Joe Biden speak. I mean, every, with every passing week and every passing month, uh, he seems less uh, on top of his game and saying things that are just uh, just wrong. I mean, the the you know, you, you just played the word salad he gave about Robert Bork. Uh, you know, that's that's what happens when he did when he does a scrum on the on the South Lawn. Uh, without a teleprompter, uh, they, they're 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 de- desperately afraid. And you know what the be- the best evidence is that his, that he's not on top of his game is how quick they are to over to always correct him. It's like his own staff, the people who are closer to him, who see him when when we don't, when he's behind closed doors. They're like they're they're on a hair trigger. Anytime he says something, to go out and fix it. Uh, that and that just shows a lack of confidence in his cognitive abilities of his own staff.
1: I think it also shows too that they didn't walk this back. They want everybody saying this. They want to say that he's going to that the Republicans going to go after interracial marriage. They want to say they're going to go after segregation when it comes to gay and straight kids. Uh, they want to uh, bring up Disney and say they're going against Mickey Mouse. So they want this uh, argument, and I believe they're just. The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced Mark is a total head fake because of inflation, because of the border, because of crime.
7: Yeah. I mean, look, they, they think that the, 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 that this abortion decision is going to be their their salvation. Do you think? First of all, polls show something like two to four percent of Americans consider abortion to be their number one issue, and And if you look at who, who those are, it favors uh, Republican conservatives, pro-lifers by about 60 forty. So the extent this energizes anybody, it energizes us. Um, And second of all, you think we're we're going through the worst inflation in 40 years, the highest gas prices on record, the worst crime wave uh, since the 1990s, the worst border crisis in American history. And you think people are going to vote because all of a sudden they're going to say, oh, my gosh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and Republicans want gay segregation uh, and they're against Mickey Mouse. Oh, my God, we're going to vote. We're going to vote for the Democrats to save ourselves from that. Of course not.
1: Mark, I think I found this very educational and therapeutic at the same time. And I think if you're being honest, you would say the same thing.
7: Uh, absolutely. Anytime. You got it, Mark.
1: Thanks so much. one 866 408 That was a great Mark Thiessen. Back with your calls in just a moment. Then Bobby Brack comes in. We go over the media. There's so much going on. Brian Kilmeade Show.
0: Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
13: You've heard him say, and maybe back more to the campaign trail, less as president, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. Uh, and I would expect you will hear him uh, with that mantra much more out there um, over the next coming months. Um, You know, he is, um, he has been struck clearly because he has talked about this, as you mentioned, Caitlin, this morning, and he also has made comments over the last several days about um, the direction of some in the Republican Party, the MAGA direction of some in the Republican Party, and he's been struck by uh, the hold his predecessor seems to have on far too many members, not all, but far too many members of the party. Uh, and what we're seeing, uh, the latest antics, uh, are make clear that they are at war with Mickey Mouse. Uh, they're against allowing women to make choices about their own health care, against lowering the cost of prescription drugs. And if that remains their platform, the president's view is that is out of whack with the mainstream of the country.
1: So the war Mickey Mouse is a pushback against a corporation that decided to make it their mission to undo legislation that would stop the study for K through third grade of gender and sex. That Disney decided to come out and go against the governor on that, so he hit back. Number two, when it comes to the uh, Roe v. Wade, that was done over the course of— Four or five presidencies, we've rotated the Supreme Court between Bush and Trump. They have six justices on there. Five look like they're going to vote uh, to overturn it when a case was brought up for the challenge. And you read the eighty, ninety-eight pages. If it's anything like the, if it's anything like the draft version, they have a solid legislation that's debatable. Don't make it a comic book stand. And what you have is a bunch of Republicans. That may, may love or not love Donald Trump, but they believe in the whole agenda. So when you call it an extremist agenda, you're alienating people. Now, good spin for Jen Psaki, but it only goes about an inch deep into the story. They've decided that you don't, don't compare me, high inflation, bad border policy, crime through the roof, defunding the police. Compare me to what if Donald Trump was president. And a lot of people say, yeah, you know what, the more I think of it, You're doing so terrible. I like the other guy. And I'm certainly not going to vilify people that voted for him. But Joe Biden did.
0: The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
3: My worry is that this is just the beginning. Next, they'll go after gay marriage, and and maybe maybe uh, uh, the board the what is it Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah, they already eroded our voting rights a little yeah. bit. Uh-huh. So I see some I see fascism down the line here. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you don't know, Joy Behar. I mean, thank goodness she's on the air. It just gives us a great jumping off part. And maybe some other people think like that. Perhaps they do. They're only on the air because people watch. Joining me now is Bobby Barack from OutKick, always writing about the media and things like this. Bobby, what's the significance of that uh, of that hypothesis?
8: Yeah, and, and uh, Brian, first of all, thanks for having me. But I was more shocked that her co-host, I think it was Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg, she's like, "Yeah, that very well could happen." Are you kidding me? Going from um, giving constitutional rights back to the states on the matter of abortion, that could signal possibly next a change of resegregating schools by racial discrimination? I mean, Brian, that's such an absurd false equivalency. I mean, even for ABC News, which owns and produces The View, that's just an absurd uh, conversation to have. And You're seeing Joe Biden took a very similar approach yesterday saying that, well, what's next? Are we going to segregate kids in school by sexual orientation and make LGBT kids not sit with straight kids? I mean, this is really hysteria used to distract us. What the left and the media, which is really one the same as doing, they don't want to talk about why we're overturning Roe v. Wade is such a bad thing or how it's actually an assault on women, they just want to vilify the other side. So you're seeing sort of these absurd comparisons to try to spin the conversation away from their beliefs to the other side.
1: So that's what you see. You see it as a total head fake. You see the, you're saying that all MAGA people are the most extreme organizations in American history. You see the disinformation czar, as an example, too, to get us off the border. Have them talk about a disinformation czar and have a musical theater enthusiast be the czar oh. herself, czarist? Of course. And
8: you saw that with the reason the Washington Post was so alienated by the libs of TikTok. What the left and sort of the corporate press fear most is having their beliefs bry in the focal point of the conversation. A good example is you saw it with the Florida bill. The left doesn't want to have to explain why they feel the need for teachers to discuss sexual orientation with young children, third grade younger, because that's a losing proposition. So the only way to win is to move the conversation completely away from that to calling the other side transphobic or anti-LGBTQ. That's exactly what we're seeing right now with Roe v. Wade, because it's a very hard argument to say why every single state in the country must comply to a constitutionally dubious law from 1973, the much easier argument is to say, well, the other side has declared a war on women. So it's all about moving the conversation to their advantage, because their beliefs are not a winning proposition at this point.
1: Bobby Brack with us from OutKick. Uh, Bobby, a couple other things. One you point out, too that Elon Musk, who was the number one story last week as his maneuver seems to be in the final lap to buy Twitter. He's talking about uh, buying it, keeping it private, then maybe bringing it public, maybe charging for certain tweets. As it becomes pretty clear, he's going to get this. Adam, this stuck out to you. Adam Carolla was on, uh, on a podcast and said this about what Elon Musk means to this country right now. Cut 44.
9: Basically, Elon Musk is the biggest celebrity we have in Hollywood and beyond.
0: I'd wow, say so. That's, that's kind of the. Most people care about what he's doing day to day.
9: New so. World Order versus what it was several years Interesting. ago.
6: Interesting. It's a bit of a throwback to the days of like William Randolph Hearst and Rockefeller. And the Howard Males. Hughes. Yeah, the Howard Hughes is the ultimate example of like the, 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 the Elon Musk of their day. You know what right. I mean? That Do went you, away for maybe a couple of decades. I Howard think,
9: think, Hughes basically was Elon yeah. Musk and before it's he true. was. Kind of true.
11: Extravagant, over the
2: top. Dating, you know, well, uh, Hollywood, you know. Yeah, I mean, literary. Howard
9: Hughes was a sort of analog version of the digital Elon Musk.
1: You agree?
8: Brian, I found that conversation so fast and I agree with him that more people care about what Elon Musk is doing day to day than any other person in this world. you see it with online traffic, type in Elon Musk name and there's more of a reaction via metric sites like Google trends than any other person alive. However, And I put this conversation out on Twitter and got a lot of feedback. I don't think Elon Musk is the biggest celebrity because I think in order to be that, more people have to know who you are. And I still think the demographic above, like, 70 probably doesn't know who he is because they don't know what Tesla or SpaceX or Twitter even is. I say the most popular people are the most well-known celebrities are still those that are on commercial after commercial. The people I talk to say maybe Dwayne The Rock Johnson as the number one movie star worldwide is our biggest celebrity. But as far as influence and right. moving the conversation forward, it's absolutely Elon Musk.
1: I want to talk about the media and what's going on right now because it's fascinating. It's as if, if you're in the NFL, all of a sudden they stopped keeping score and told you the games would be different to make the playoffs. Like the goal is no longer get to the network. The no goal is no longer get a late-night show. Everything has leveled the playing field. Case in point, John Stewart. Nobody doubts John Stewart's talent and popularity. When he left, the Daily Show has not been close to the same. Nobody talks about it. Uh, no one cares about it. So he comes back to, uh, I think it was Apple Plus? Yeah. Nobody's watching. He comes back with this, you know, a little bit of humor, a lot of advocacy, just like The Daily Show, different show, but just basically the same tone. Nobody's watching. They see them walking away from these new apps, as Spotify, dropping Michelle Obama. Uh, you see others... Uh, I think it was Netflix dropped. Meghan Markle. What's happening? Have you been able to figure out what the media playing field is actually about?
8: Right. I think what happened here, Brian, is that the media industry and the top level blue chip agents sort of oversold how much the media has pivoted to the digital space. Now, what's going on here is that for people like Joe Rogan, Dave Portnoy, Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, they can survive on their own by having direct-to-consumer products. But so few people actually move the needle enough that viewers and listeners are going to go out of their way to find content like Jon Stewart right now on Apple TV Plus. He used to average a million viewers on Comedy Central. Brian, he's down to about thirty-five thousand viewers. That really? That says that, yeah. So that says if, if Stewart's on TV, people will fall on him or watch him, but they're not willing to find out what Apple TV Plus is, download it, type in a show. It's a lot of work to find these direct-to-consumer shows. So if you're going to do it, you better be a massive, massive star like Joe Rogan or Ben Shapiro. Um, Based on the numbers we've seen, Michelle Obama and Stewart don't qualify as that.
1: Well, I guess, I mean, to walk away from the Obamas, nobody does that, either one of them. And then Joe Rogan gets blitzed. We know that he was being targeted. But the result of Joe Rogan being targeted and attempted to be canceled was what when it came to Spotify?
8: It, and it came down to, and Rogan talked about this, it actually helped grow. Rogan's popularity during that politically motivated witch hunt where they tried to portray him as this right-wing conspiracy theorist and a racist later on. It actually helped grow Rogan's subscriber base by 2 million subscribers. So Rogan probably has about 13 million listeners now Based on those metrics. So, what Spotify said is look, we know that Michelle Obama's way better for our brand image, but we can't monetize her if we have to pay her $10, $20 million a year. Even at $57 million a year, Spotify's making money off of Rogan. So, at the end of the day, as much as these companies want to virtue signal and put out the right message, at the end of the day, checks need to be cash and a business needs to make money. So, companies are finally figuring out that, hey, we have to pivot to the people that make us money, and that's not John Stewart, that's not Michelle Obama, it's people like Joe Rogan.
1: You think uh, also that CNN and HBO are worse off under Discovery, and it will only get worse from here. Last week they, they decided to cancel their $300 million project, I think less than two weeks uh, after their launch party, with people <laughs> on the budget like Chris Wallace costing $9 million, but that's emblematic of what it's going to be like.
8: But, and it, well, Brian, and they, they say that like all these leaks come out that Chris Lick, new CNN president, wants to reestablish CNN as a credible news agency. But that's all talk. When you look at their actions, here's a couple of things that Discovery has done since taking over CNN and HBO. They invested money into a new show called Generation Drag, which follows five very young children, like five, seven years old onto the stage of being a drag queen. The show basically sexualizes young children, and that's going to air on Discovery. And Discovery, according to The rap, a pretty credible outlet, they've had discussions with Brian Williams and Keith Olbermann about coming over to CNN. Nothing says credibility like Brian Williams, who's actually fake news, and Keith Oberman who I'm not sure is even a stable human at this point. So Discovery says they're going to fix CNN, fix HBO, but all their actions say they're even worse than AT&T, which has run CNN and HBO the past few years.
1: Well, yeah, I know Chris Licht was over at CBS, and he said he wanted to cover more news, less opinion, less being advocates for candidates like, uh, I don't know, Governor Cuomo, perhaps? And we'll see. That would be curtains for Don Lemon, because that's really yeah. how why people decided not to watch him. I mean, his ratings are absolutely awful. Um, the other thing, real quick, uh, Jamil Hill. We watched her leave ESPN, speak her mind. What's going on with her?
8: Yeah, so Jamil Hill's gotten three shows the past five years, and here's how it's gone. SportsCenter 6, canceled. Um, some show on Vice TV where she called white people racist, canceled. CNN gave her a new show to also call the country racist. That's canceled, too, because CNN Plus is dead. Twitter and social media tell you that Jamel Hill, they're a rock star, a superstar, the new Howard Stern. But all the evidence says nobody actually wants to listen to her or watch her or even consume her product. She's a Twitter star. People like to retweet and like her and say, yeah, I'm on that side. When it comes to her actual content, nobody's consuming her on podcasts, columns, TV, streaming, nothing. She has virtually no audience. This goes back to a study that we covered at out a couple of weeks ago. Twitter is Twitter is so misrepresenting of the country because ninety-two percent of tweets come from ten percent of the population. They pretty much mandate or dictate the entire Mm. Twitter conversation. And they're some of the most liberal people in the country. If they were a state, they would be, according to one study, I think by Axios, the most liberal state in the country. So these are the people that are telling executives and agents who and who is not popular, but it's obviously misleading, Brian, because that 10% that controls the entire Twitter conversation, they don't make up TV, viewership, podcast, listenership, or even online readership. They're the target audience of social media that does not represent the rest of the country.
1: So we're watching There's a lot of great games. I watched the Nets, the Celtics series, I thought it was, uh was excellent, even though I wanted the Nets to win. The Celtics were actually a team as opposed to a collection of stars. We watched the biggest name, can't even make the playoffs the last two years, LeBron James. And then we watched two years ago when the Lakers won in a bubble with it, Black Lives Matter everywhere and uh, kneeling and everything taking place. You believe the ratings haven't recovered because uh, in the NBA because of that?
8: Well, so, it, so this, the ratings now are just rebounding for the first time since the NBA sort of Pivoted to social adjusting messaging, and a Yahoo report found one year ago that over half of sports viewers said that once the NBA put Black Lives Matter on the court, LeBron James started calling all police officers racist, that their sports viewing habits changed. Well, this is the first time since about twenty twenty or about two thousand eighteen that the NBA has focused just on on the court product. And what do you know, Brian? Their ratings are skyrocketing. So what that proves to me, and I think proves to a lot of people, Americans still love sports, but they don't love woke sports. We saw this time and time again when the NFL Mm. players knelt before the national anthem, the NFL ratings plummeted by 30%. When the NBA started kneeling and supporting Black Lives Matter, the movement, not the statement, the ratings plummeted by 50% baseball struggled after they moved the all-star game away from Georgia two years ago. So Americans still are as invested in sports as ever, but if they have to choose between their country and sports, it's not going to right. be a hard decision. They're going to choose the country. It's
1: going to be fascinating to see in the NFL, they have Amazon Apple plus they're going to be televising games. Everybody wants to see every NFL game. So they are going to hunt that 60 year old that doesn't want to touch the the smart TV. We'll have to go hunt for that app. And that, I think, will be fascinating because they have the money to get the rights. Now they're going to have, I think, Al Michaels is going to be the broadcaster. I don't know if they named their color guy yet. It'll be fascinating to see if the American people love football that much to finally figure out how to use their smart TV.
8: And the truth is, even if they love it that much, some simply won't know how. I'm thinking of. My neighbor down the street who's about 71, Brian, he loves football. He lives to watch NFL. He doesn't even have internet. He has no idea what an Apple TV Plus or an Amazon Prime video is. So no matter how much he wants to watch these games, he's not going to have access to it. The NFL is pretty much saying, well, we're going to take these tech companies' money because they have a lot more money than the broadcast network. That's going to bother a lot of fans because streaming is still in the bigger picture a small entity compared to all these other networks i mean outside of netflix most of these streaming services are not mainstream um very few people even have apple tv plus so sunday ticket the nfl package moves to apple nobody's probably going to have access to that and i think the transition to amazon is going to be very slow and rocky i think a lot of people are going to sit down Thursday night and not have any idea where to find these games.
1: I know. We'll see. you got to help your neighbors, Bobby. You're in that generation. (laughs) You have a responsibility. Uh, Bobby Brock (laughs) writes for OutKick. He knows everything about the media. I love his opinions. Bobby, great. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Brian, anytime.
1: You got it. 1-866-408-7669. I'll come back with more to know.
0: Educating. Entertaining.
1: Enlightening.
0: You're with Brian Kilmeade. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
1: Hey, welcome back. Got a few minutes here. Let me remind everyone, if you ever want to pick up any of my books, I get this a lot. How do I get them? Go to BrianKilmeade.com, click on it, and I'll be able to personalize if you want. Mother's Day, Father's Day, graduation. Uh, But I think it's now, as I check my watch, I realize we're hours away, or okay, a day away, from One Nation that starts at 8 o'clock on Saturday night. Hope you join me on Fox News Channel. Meanwhile, let's find out there's more to know on this show.
0: More to know.
1: Struggling to find a Mother's Day gift? A new poll reveals the best present to get her may hinge on what type of mom she is. Overall, is she a foodie mom? Does she love to eat? Would surprisingly, maybe edible uh, arrangements, twenty nine percent, would be a good gift. What about twenty seven percent who said a gift card certificate to some type of restaurant? How about that? That's
3: fine, I guess.
1: Soccer moms are not shy about letting their families know what they want in advance. Ninety-six percent. They also prefer homemade gifts, household gifts, and twenty-nine percent. What do you think about
3: that, Allison? I mean, I'm not the big gift person. I mean, personally, I prefer saying, "Okay, you go do what you want for the day. See you later."
1: Meanwhile, <laughs> wine moms also have preferences for heartfelt, homemade moments. Thirty-five percent of that. Uh, once they can munch on twenty one once they can munch on twenty-seven percent. People that drink wine during the day.
3: That they want something to eat then when they're hungover.
1: Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, Let's look at this. Building settlements on Mars may literally start in the bathroom. A new study is revealing how scientists are creating space bricks by mixing Martian soil with several substances, including a compound humans have in their urine. Scientists made the bricks by mixing dust with urea, bacteria, guar, gum, nickel, chloride with soil. Uh, From there, builders can pour the slurry into molds of any shape. Over a few days, the bacteria converts the urea into calcium carbonate crystals, which means, I guess... You get disgusting bricks, or you get useful bricks that will help you on Mars. That's going to help me build what an igloo? Something to live on. Right. Imagining you live there. There's no place to shop on Mars. Am I correct?
3: Probably not. So you know you'd have to be really creative. With yeah, I think first
1: you build the mall so people have a place to go because you don't want people on Mars with nowhere to go. Yeah. You then you build the residence
3: before you do the food store.
1: Right? Is that right, Eric? He nodded.